أمين نبينا وحبيبنا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم أما بعد Today insha'Allah I'll be happy to be before you speaking about this important topic which I do believe whether we like it or we don't like it we have to be dealing with it the financial system one of the the main objectives of the Sharia is the preservation of wealth preservation of wealth al-mal as it is mentioned by the scholars who are concerned with the maqasid of al-Sharia. And due to this preservation of wealth, the permissibility of keeping and saving money in the bank arises. So Muslims have been thinking of how to move forward and how to fix what have been in existence since we are obliged to deal with it, I mean, I'm compelled uh, 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 to do, uh, compelled to do with it. I mean, uh, we are forced to deal with it. So the Muslims should think wisely and see the system first. And if there is any room for us to improve it and to make it compliant to that which we are familiar with in the Islamic uh, law, uh, then we will do it. So effort have been uh, made since the existence of this uh, Islamic financial uh, system, which is represented now by the existence of Islamic uh, banks. Unfortunately, uh, most of us, when uh, we talk about Islamic finance, we, took, we think about the 50s or 60s, 1960s or 1950s, you know, uh, uh, all the way to our own time. This is the time when this system was, was born. And this is a misconception. And, uh, and based on this misconception, many errors and mistakes have been uh, taking place. Because once you believe that something is initiated by the present people, then this uh, topic is going to be bound for the mercy of the ijtihadat of the scholars. Whereas if you believe that it is part of that comprehensive system given to the Prophet ﷺ from day one, then we will try to trace uh, the elements that are supposed to be in existence to that system in order for him to, uh, for it to succeed. But unfortunately, most of us believe that this uh, system was born a few years back, 50 years, 60 years. But as I said, this is a misconception that has to be corrected if we really want to move forward. It is part of Islam. That's why we call it Islamic financial system or Islamic finance or Islamic banking. That means we are relating it to Islam. So it has to be rooted back to the religion given to the Prophet wasallam by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That means it was born if we can say this, we can say that it was born 1,400 years ago, from the time of the Prophet The Prophet designed for the Ummah the most excellent system which participate in building the community that is based on justice and equity and mercy and protection of right, which if you look at the system that we are dealing with nowadays is either totally and physically opposite to that or we call it you know names but in reality when you go inside you will see the same application of the conventional system the prophet when he came and he found that the Quraysh and the leaders who are in the authority in those days in mecca they're living based on sucking the blood of others riba is rampant it goes almost everywhere, including the house of the Prophet Al-Abbas used to give loan to the people and take interest from it. That's the reason why the Prophet when he came, 
during the Hajj al-Wada, he says, "Kullu riba al-jahiliyati mawdu'un tahta qadamay hatain." He says, "All the riba that the people in the jahiliyah uh, period used to deal with, it is placed under my feet." And the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "The first riba I put under my feet is the riba that is used to be taken by my uncle Al Abbas." That's one of the wisdom in making da'wah because if you start with your family members, it is a great indicator to the community that you believe in what you do it, and you believe in what you're doing to be the correct approach, because usually and naturally people try to avoid their family when it comes to evil. He will send it to somebody else, but he will never agree with the with the, the family to receive evil. That's why when that person came to the Prophet sallallahu and he said, "Ya Rasulullah." I want you to grant me permission to commit zina. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, uh, the companions were shouting at him uh, at first. You know, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam told them, "Cool down. You don't need to do that." He called him. He said, "That person, uh, first of all, would you like this to happen to your mother?" He said, "No." Would you like it to happen to your 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 sister? He said, "No." How about your your grandmother? You know, your aunt. You know. He mentioned a couple of them, you know, and the man was saying, "No, I don't want it to happen to any of these family members of mine." And then the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam told him, "But that person that you are trying to commit zina with is one of these. You know, to some people, it is either the mother of somebody, or the sister of somebody, or the wife of somebody. You know, in the way you don't like it, they also don't like it." The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam used his natural disposition to advise him, and it really worked. Because he repented and stayed away from it, so naturally people didn't like to bring evil to their houses. That's why the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam talked to them, addressed their heart. He said, "The first riba I cancel is the riba of al jahiliyah which is also another, uh, which is also another issue that we have to take into the consideration. Because to be honest with you, if I'm to summarize this topic, you know, of mine, because today I'm not here to talk." In detail about what exactly the Islamic banking system is doing, but I'm just here to draw attention on some elements, important points that I really want the Muslim brothers and sisters to take note on and to see how to move forward. This is what concerns me that much because I do believe every Muslim that you see on earth, you know, or let me not exaggerate, most of the Muslims you see them on earth, if you ask them about the Islamic banking system or the Islamic finance uh, financial system. They will tell you it is doubtful. The least you can hear from them that it is it is doubtful, or we are not doing that which Allah Subhanahu wa Taala asks us to do. So the problem is already known to each and every one of us. Looking at the Islamic uh, uh, finance, you are dealing with those elements which the scholars have already mentioned one thousand years ago. Which Subhanallah, one of the problems that we are facing nowadays, we try to detach the past from the present. You know, we disconnect. We wanted to establish something that we think it is more appropriate to address our matters. That's why we get lost. We lack the trust, and we lack the unity, and also the success that we are looking for. We lost it. We measure everything. We talk about everything, which is uh, connected to the wealth. You know how to develop yourself in terms of uh, wealth. You know, but we forgot the real success, which is the true success in life. What brings you happiness? And that is nothing that can bring happiness to the life of humankind except that which is earned for the sake of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and in the way of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, which unfortunately we are not doing. 
So nowadays you find that the economist, those people who will consider as reference, they will tell you that there is no relationship between fiqh and the Islamic economics. These are two separate entities. And subhanAllah, I was looking at this uh, Miss Keen who was saying this, you know, one of the big professors. You know, I was looking at him. I was there when he was saying this, you know. I was looking at him. And then I was saying, okay, how come I see all the books that have been written on Islamic finance, they are still dealing with murabaha, ijara, mudaraba, uh, uh, you know, musharaka, you know. All of those transactions, these are the content of the books written addressing the matters of Islamic economics, Islamic finance. So where is the detachment then? When you come and tell me that there is no connection between fiqh and and uh, uh, what you call uh, the, what we call nowadays Islamic finance or Islamic banking. So what are we talking about? When we write books, we talk, we write articles. We are all dealing with these uh, principles. So I guess you can see what I'm seeing now. Because if I detach myself from the 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 root, I'm going to be engaging in establishing my own way. And this way, if it is not guided by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, definitely will end up by failure which I believe the reason why we did not move that much, if we did even move. Because Islamic banking system or Islamic finance, according to uh, those who believe that it was born 60 years ago, you know, you know, in some cultures they mention that if you have a person who reached 40 years and did not fix it uh, himself, most likely until death, you will never be able to fix it. Nowadays we're talking about 50 years, 60 years, up to date, we are not moving. We're stagnant in one place. Why is that? Because of a few things which, and inshallah, I'm going to conclude my lecture with it. So let's fix this first. You know, understanding that Islamic financial system is the extract of the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet and it has to be understood in this way. If we don't do that, then we definitely have to fail. At the end of the day, we must fail. Because we have witnessed, according to the history, that nothing fixed the financial system of humankind except, except Islam. That's the only system that has the strong body to resist the economical f failure you know, across the history, and it will never fail. Why is it like that? Because it is designed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the only condition we have is to understand that Islam is one religion, and it doesn't change. We have two things, you know, related to Islam. One of them is the thawabit. These are the matters that will never change. The issue of riba will never change. There is no such thing whereby something used to be considered as riba in the time of Rasulullah but in our time, it is not riba. Which, subhanAllah, this is what we are doing. Nowadays, a person will tell you that this riba that those banks are dealing with, although we call them Islamic banks, is okay. Why is that? Because it becomes the part of the market norms, things that you cannot avoid. I look at it, you know, through the history, and then I say, in the time of Rasulullah almost everything is based on riba. You know, it's deeply rooted in the cultural practice of those people, in the way they fought the Prophet so much because they know that they are going to fail in gaining their dunya if they are to agree with the Prophet in that manner, and that was wrong perception. But the Prophet did not care about that. When Allah SWT told him to cancel it, the Prophet told them it is cancelled. From now onwards, nobody is allowed to go for it. 
But nowadays, somebody will write an article, somebody will present a lecture, and will tell you that, okay, this is okay, because now it becomes the cultural practices of the people. So this is what gets us, get us into trouble, because we are looking now into the thawabit. Thawabit means uh, the matters which are based on the strong nusus, and they're not going to be changed, regardless of the change of the environment, or the time, or the nature. The only thing that can change them is the darura. The darura here, we're talking about a life-threatening situation. So we have to be very careful on this. But unfortunately, the system that we base, the system, I mean, the root, the principle that we base the system on is shaky. It's shaky. And the reason why it is so shaky because of that first belief that this is something that was based on the ijtihadat of the scholars to put it in the best form and the shape. Not remembering that Allah SWT has made it very simple. And to be honest with you, my dear brothers and sisters, every single product that we deal with in the Islamic financial system is absolutely simple and easy to be understood. Because Allah doesn't want us to live a, compl a complicated life. Nowadays, look at the system. You have to go through a long journey for you to understand the concept. And here comes the mistake, the reason why we are making mistakes. Because if I have to go to, through the long journey, sometimes I just have to give up. Something which Allah SWT made very simple, but we make it so complicated. And that's the reason why we are taking the river and we're still winding up into the same ditch the conventional system is inside. We say we don't want interest, but we introduce so many other things attached to the banks. We call them different names. We change the name. The conventional bank will call it interest and we call it different name but if you look at it the same thing the islamic uh, banks will tell you that uh, yes we are uh, uh, i mean compelled to follow the long way the long way and that's why the charges in some of the islamic uh, banks you know is more than the conventional banks but subhanallah when you look at the conclusion it is the same thing in almost every deal with no exception, I'm talking about my own uh, deal with, uh, with the banks. It's almost everything we do. If you look at it carefully, you will find a doubt in it or a clear river but taken from the back, from the back door. So as I said, all of these things are happening, Wallahu alam, due to certain reasons which I will address in the last part of my, my lecture. But let's fix this historical fact first, that Islamic finance and the Islamic banking system were not born 60 years ago. You were right there since the Allah SWT gave the Prophet Sharia. Since the Prophet received the Sharia from Allah Subhanahu Wa this system came in detail. All that we have to do is to take that which has been cooked for us and we use it in the way Allah SWT prescribed. Uh, I'll give you one example of the evil consequences of this ijtihad. The mudaraba. Many will believe that, yes, this is something that is established and based on the ijtihad of the scholars. And as such, we do have a right also to come up with a new ijtihad because of the change of the time. And that was absolutely ignorant. Because if you look at the Mudaraba, it has been there long before the existence of the Prophet himself. And it's a very simple concept which is based on justice, you know, and equity. You know, based on justice, whereby the prophet sharing is maintained, is one of the main differences between the conventional system 
and the Islamic, the real Islamic financial system. We believe in profit sharing. We cancel the interest in total and we believe in profit sharing. Islamic banks, it is not supposed to be focusing on debt and loans. But if you look at the application, the current applications now, it's based on what? Loan. We end up doing the same thing the conventional system is doing. They're supposed to be based on investment. Look for the regulations by the, the authority and the serious, and the serious like regulation and sincere regulations to be able to not be restricted you know, to some of these principles where the conventional system is restricted to, to engage in investment. Because they are supposed to be empowering the community so that the poverty in the community will be reduced. But honestly speaking, go and read whatever article. If that article is not, is not biased to anything, you know, it's just, the, the author is just, go and read and see. They will tell you that we are just technically doing the same thing. The conventional system is not empowering the community and the Islamic financial system also is not doing the same thing. I mean, it's doing the same thing. It's not empowering the community because we are supposed to reduce the poverty. When we give the loan, we give them loans that are free from interest. But we will take the interest, but we will not call them interest, we call them service fees, services. You know. I guess you all know all of these things. So the Prophet already indicated that this is going to happen. So I was saying that one of the causes of this, because we detach the, the Islamic financial system from the fiqh, which is known to the Prophet and the companions. They used to have the mudaraba, but now somebody will tell you that it's based on ijtihad. And as such, we are also at the capacity to modify it. You know, the Mudaraba in the past is based on this person is a capital provider and the other one is entrepreneur. You know, they, they invest the money and they come and share the profit. The same goes to the Masharaka. So Mudaraba has been in existence in the time of the Prophet and even before the time of the Prophet He used to do the Mudaraba between him and Khadija Whether he continued or he doesn't continue after the prophecy, but Mudaraba continued. How do I know that? Because in the story of Umar bin al-Khattab together with his two sons Abdullah ibn Umar and Ubaidullah ibn Umar they went to Basra you know, on their way back to Medina they passed through Basra and the then governor of Basra was Abu Musa al-Ashari the then governor was Abu Musa al-Ashari so they passed through him to say salam to him and they, uh, they, they moved to Medina Abu Musa, Abu Musa al-Ashari tried to see if he can uh, give them something you know if he can give them some gift, but unfortunately he couldn't find anything to share with them. So he told them, unfortunately, I don't have anything at home, you know. SubhanAllah, that was, that was the governor, but he doesn't have something to share. You know. SubhanAllah. Compare that time and our time, you know. Anyway, so he told them, Bala, He said, This is a wealth. Uh, I have some wealth which is supposed to be uh, taken to the Amir al Mu'mineen, Umar radiallahu their father. He said, please take it. But before you reach Medina, you can invest the wealth and get some profit. The profit is yours and the capital pass it to Amir al-Mu'minin. When they reached Amir al-Mu'minin and they told him what happened, Umar said, wait a minute. Did he give everyone or he gave you, you two, a loan? They said, no, he gave us a loan. Umar said, how come? You are not alone. You are together with the army. Why did he give you the money and he did not treat the rest of the army in this way? He said, just because you are the children of Amir al-Mu'mineen, they kept quiet. He said, I don't agree. Take the, the profit 
and the capital put it in the Bayt al Muslimin. Subhanallah, this is how he judge, you know, he holds his children accountable of the wealth of the believers. That's why nobody was able to criticize Umar to touch him when it comes to this issue of the money that belongs to uh, the believers. So he told them, put it in the Bayt al Muslimin. They said, uh, no. Why? Because if this money is missing, who is responsible? Umar said, you are responsible. They said, if this is the case, then we should be also sharing the profit. Rasulullah said, Al-Kharaj bil Daman, according to those who authenticated the hadith, Al-Kharaj bil Daman. Liability justifies gain. If you are responsible, if something is missing, when there is a gain in it, you should also be part of the gain. Umar kept quiet, but he said, I don't agree with the principle. You know, the route which Abu Musa al-Ashari based his decision to give you alone, I don't agree. So put it in the Bayt al-Muslimin. They kept on repeating the same word. If this money is to be missing, who is responsible to pay it back? Umar said, you. So when they kept on conversing like this, Umar is saying this and uh, the children are saying that. Abdullah Abdurrahman bin Auf, he was there looking at the conversation. He said, yeah, Amir al-Mu'mineen, since it looks like you're not going to agree. And they're not going to agree also with you. Why can't you make it Qarad? Qarad is the, is the other name for the Mudarabah. Why can't you make it Qarad? And Umar agree with the Mudarabah. No, they agree with that. What does that mean? Mudarabah was known to them. So as a person who is honest and wants to succeed, when he wants to apply something, he should just take what has been applied in terms of the Prophet if that thing is already there without modification and one thing that I do believe if uh, any one of you who I mean is studying uh, uh, economics you know you have gone through this principle that uh, in Islam al-aslu fil ashai al-ibah you know wal-aslu fil buyu' wal-mu'amalat al-ibah the general principle concerning everything you find you find on earth and every business on earth is permissibility what does that mean? It is permissible for me to design whatever business I want. The model is up to me to come up with anything. Rasulullah did not come with the list of businesses that you can do. You can do this, you cannot do this. Rasulullah did not come with this. Rasulullah I mean, came with principles and guidelines and criteria to tell you this business that is an element of this in it. And this business, there is an element of this in it, so you remove those elements. So the focus is on those elements, you know, and the principles. So what does that mean? I am free to introduce any business I want, to open up whatever kind of business I want. If somebody tells me that your business is haram, I ask him for evidence. He shouldn't ask me for evidence because Allah told us, Allah created everything on earth for you, for your own benefit. He should be asked for the evidence because he's going against the norm. But what Allah SWT wants me to do, uh, to do, whatever business I introduce, I have to weigh it with the Sharia first. The principles given to me by the Prophet ﷺ, I have to weigh the business with it. If that business comply with it, then that business will be Sharia compliant. If that business goes against it, then that business is wrong. But subhanAllah, nowadays we stay away, we stayed away from this principle. We did develop our own concept and principles. That's why you have the murabaha in the bank. 
But if you talk about, if you look at the murabaha which is applied by the bank, I'm talking about the Islamic banks, and you compare it with the murabaha you know which is discussed for ages among the scholars of fiqh, you will see it being different. And when you talk about that, they tell you, no, we are not talking about that classical murabaha. There is a new concept now introduced by who? By who? So this one I call it cheating and deceiving the community. Because you can just create that model and that, uh, that product, whatever you call it, and give it a new name. Don't take an existed name which people know to be halal Islamically with a specific type of nature and then you apply it on your concept which is totally different from it. I don't want to go into the much detail, but you know, the debate amongst the scholars who are concerned concerning this matter. The same goes to the, the Mudaraba. The same goes to the Masharaka. The same goes to whatever the banks are doing. When you compare it with the existing one that you know, you will see a lot of differences. But why do we keep those names? Why can't we give it a new name? Because if I give it a new name, the community might not trust. They might end up asking somebody who knows and is going to tell them, this is wrong. So we have to keep the, the same name which they are familiar with. Because the vast majority of us, the moment they hear the word Murabaha, they just jump and do it. Because to them, Murabaha is halal, has been legalized by the scholars. So they don't, they don't, they don't need to check about whether it is halal or is haram. Which is another mistake which gives the chance for this system to keep the system. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us good. So that's why in conclusion, if I am to uh, talk about the, 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 the status of the Islamic banking system or Islamic financial system, we are still stagnant and st stopped in one position. If I am to tell you, honestly speaking, and this is my own observation, we are not just stopping in one position, but we are going down. Slowly, 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 slowly. Things which we used to be strict but now slowly slowly legalizing them give, giving them different name day after the other so what is the way out what is the way out so i'm going to give certain uh principle which i believe if we are to address them properly that will be acting as a way out inshallah so what can we do to uh to fix it uh the first thing is that the structure, the education structure, has to be changed. The teaching, uh, teaching methodology in the university, we must fix it. You know, SubhanAllah, I, as a lecturer, as a teacher for, for so long, you know, the method we are using in the classroom is not going to take us anywhere. The reason why classrooms are established it is for the student to come and meet with the lecturer, for the student to come and meet with the sheikh, for the student to come and meet with the instructor, or whatever you call him, so that they can learn from him. That's why the best title for those people is Murabbi. Allah says, Kunu Rabbaniyin. And the Rabbani is somebody who's giving tarbiyah to a person, taking him in the gradual process, instilling the knowledge in him, so that by the time he graduates, he'll be grown up. He's matured. He has two things with him, with him. The first thing is the tarbiyah, and the second thing is, is the amana, and the third thing is, is the knowledge. Do we do that in the universities nowadays? No. 
I'm talking about my experience. There might be some university somewhere else, you know, whereby we incorporate these two things, terbia and the knowledge itself. We totally separate them. The whole idea is to finish the syllabus. And subhanAllah, dunya, you know, is more. Teaching people and training them on how to get the better certificate so that they can earn more and more and more money in the future. That idea of teaching people how to sacrifice, how to believe in, you know, uh, giving their contribution in the, uh, what do you call, the, 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 the economic system of the country so that it will be well developed in the future, it doesn't exist. All that we see is how to be able to graduate so that in the future we will have a better earning in the future. That's why we do not go anywhere. Because once this is our attitude, my dear brothers and sisters, everyone knows that, knows that the conventional system is much better than the Islamic system in terms of the dunya. You know, in terms of how much they have, they're way greater than us. Yes, we did have a lot. And we managed to secure billions or trillions, you know, nowadays. You know, you can say, alhamdulillah. I wish all of these uh, uh, things are, are gained through the way Allah SWT loves you know, but if you even in the dunya wise, if you look at the conventional system, it's much better than ours. So imagine a person is trained to love dunya from day one, no tarbiya with him. For sure it will not be easy for him to bow for the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if he knows that it is going to restrict him in terms of risk. That is a very important matter. Because if I teach my student how to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in, uh, in terms of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being the only source of risk and what is written for me will come to me at any moment Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prescribed and I will never get more than that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prescribed for me. In the future, that student, when he walks, he will walk with these glasses. He will never compromise any of these principles. He rather stay away from doing something you know, which he knows Allah SWT doesn't like than doing it and messing up his relationship with Allah SWT and getting the risk from the wrong way. So the first thing is the teaching structure in the university and the system has to be, has to be changed. It must be modified. We have to revise the way we are educating people. You know, that's why in uh, many classes that we teach Islamic finance and Islamic banking, you find non-Muslim in, in, in the class. And sometimes, you know, to make it worse, a non-Muslim is teaching. These are matters of faith. I was writing an article which I refuted one of the, one of the professors, you know, I'll not mention his name, a uh, very well-known well professor of Islamic finance. He was writing on zakah and some other uh, matters of uh, Islamic finance. SubhanAllah, he distorted the system, you know. He distorted the system. I can see an absolute ignorant but unfortunately, they call him Professor of Islamic Finance and he is not a Muslim. You know, these are matters of faith. There are things which you have to believe in them. And then just submit to Allah SWT, you will see the result. How do you expect this person to be honest when he talks about Islam on matters which we are supposed to submit? He will not. He will challenge those things which are not supposed to be challenged. But this will tell us to what extent we are going, you know. Where are you going, you know. Where are we going, we left the heritage, we come and trust those people who are considered by the textbooks of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in order to be the enemies of the religion of, of ours. And that's true. This person might be honest. I met him, you know, and we told him we have written an article refuting you. He smiles, 
He told us that means I have to be careful in whatever I'm writing, you know. But subhanAllah, what makes it yani, more painful is to see the way Muslims are inviting him to their institutions to give lectures on Islamic finance. So the whole structure uh, has to be changed. To me, this is the first thing we have to, I mean, I mean fix. In the classrooms where we teach, we have to make it based on those principles that we know to be designed for us by the Prophet wasallam, because this is what will work and what will get the support from, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, the, the second thing, and after this, this one, I have some other element which uh, I call them amana and sincerity, and I guess if we change that structure, it would include also this. And the second thing, when it comes to the application of the Islamic banking system, we really need to work on this, and starting from the scratch and maximize our patience. Because one of the reasons why the Islamic financial system is stagnant in one place is because the, the establishers and the founders of the Islamic financial system, you know, nowadays the one that we're dealing with, and the Islamic banks, they are the same people who are holding the conventional system. So the mentality is still there. That sincerity, I'm not accusing anyone, but you can sense that that sincerity to be dedicated to the system in the way it is, is not there. And imagine how is the system going to succeed if your competitor is, is what? The World Bank, you know, all of those heavy, heavy financial system which are based and rooted in, in the river, they are your competitors. You know, almost all the rich people, they are also competing with you. The government, you know, you don't have any anyone to support you. The only thing that supports you, but unfortunately you neglected it, which is to be holding on the past. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will take you up. Because that's the promise from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that if you're going to be holding upon the sharia with no modification, you put it in the place where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to be placed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised to help you to go up to develop. I do believe with no doubt. You might agree with me uh, if you want, but I do believe 100%. If Muslims are going to hold upon the Sharia of Allah Subhanahu precisely in the way it used to be held by the predecessors, the only thing we can do is to put it in the way it fits our understanding. The same system, but we explain it in the way our people will understand it better. But we maintain the system with no modification. I do believe we have to supersede the, the conventional system in a very short, short way. But where this honesty is taking place. I have never come across a single one. And I will repeat my words. I'm not accusing anyone, but I have never come across a single one. So this also has to be changed. How do we reach that? I do believe it's okay. If there is sincerity, there is commitment, there is trust in that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, 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 is given us. If we have all of these things, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant us the money. We need three things. Number one is money. Number two is the knowledge. Number three is the legalization by the authority. We have three things. These things have to be made. These are, these are the things we need. You know. Knowledge, the, 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 the money, you know, and also the, 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 the authority to support us. And I do believe each and every one of uh, this, the Muslims are at uh, the capacity to do it. Because we have the rich people who can support the system to succeed. But unfortunately, the terbiyah is not given to them in the way they trust 
the founders, and they also trust that money will be protected. And also many of those ones who can support us, they already believe in that one. To move them from that dimension, to bring them with us is not, is not easy. That's the reason why I said patience is needed. Whoever is uh, taking initiative in this should be patient. And uh, also one of the things that caused us to, to merge with the, 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 the conventional system to be applying the same thing is that, is that we agree to bring everything to our community first and then we engage in filter, filtering that which we think is not desire, desirable uh, in Islamically. And this is a very big mistake. There is a term they call it now. I don't want to mention that, but you already know. That is a name they give it nowadays. We take everything and then we come and filter what we don't like. And then we take the good one. But that's very wrong. Because Allah did not ask you to tolerate evil force. You block it. You don't let it come to your society. But we take the conventional system completely and we start filtering. So that's why, since we are not able to do it, and those people who was with us in filtration, they believe in the dunya. And that's why we will never be able to do it in the way Allah wanted at once. So where's the problem? The problem is in us agreeing to bring it first, to take it completely. If we're to focus in the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu we get the experts among us to come and submit to that which Allah SWT wants. Wallahi, we will have the most concrete and the most excellent system which will definitely take the Muslim up to the best status, insha'Allah. So we need people who are fresh graduates, people who are not brainwashed with the conventional system. We really need them to be in the field. People who are honest, people who are mutaqun, people who are murabun, and people who have, who have knowledge. And patience is needed, and commitment is needed, and uh, qualification is also needed. Because nowadays, most of the people who are handling the system, most of the people who are Sharia advisors, you know, if you are going to look at their qualification, the real one, they're failing people. But these are the people that we considered as trustees. SubhanAllah. Just because a person graduated from a university, you know, and he has a certificate of studying Islam from that university, the, 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 the company will give him the trust. And he will be the one who is entrusted in deciding what should happen in the Islamic finance or Islamic economics. How does it work? And these are all the contributors to the failure of the system nowadays. I'm not saying it fails completely, but this is my belief that we need to work a lot and we need to be sincere. I went to a bank without mentioning the name of this bank. You know the bank, you know, though you are from Kuwait, but the bank is very famous also in uh, everywhere. I went to the bank to open an account. I met a person who was in charge and then I told them, I'm here to open an account. They told me we have two types of accounts. One of them is Mudaraba, and the other one is the ordinary account. Which one you want? I said, what is the difference between the two? They told me that uh, this one you will be given uh, this amount of percentage, you know, of profit, and the other one that will be nothing. So I said, I want to know, you know, and what ways am I getting the money? Am I going to engage in the business with you guys? They say yes. I said, uh, this business, what is it? And Subhanallah, that person told me I don't know, you know. I was like, La hawla illa billah. How, can it, how is it possible for a person to do something which he doesn't even have knowledge of that thing? 
How can he dare to advertise something that he doesn't even know how it works? She tried. She said, the only thing I know about this business is that you will get this amount of profit. I, I told her, I'm not concerned about the profit. I'm concerned about what am I doing? I'm going to be your business partner. I should know what exactly am I doing? You know? She said, okay, wait. Let me go and ask and get some clarity. She, go and ask, she went and she asked somebody. He said he also is not clear about it. I was like, this is bank which is established in, is I mean, it's called Islam, you know. It's called Islam. They don't uh, have the name Islam in it, but they said all of its activities are Islamic. And subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, uh, tested me that I happened to deal with them, you know, somehow. You know, I tried to see whether the deal is different from the con convention system or not. Wallahi, to be honest with you, I do not see any difference. I used to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because somebody managed, that was long ago, uh, planning to buy a car, somebody managed to convince me that yes, they are totally different, you know. So based on what he presented, you know, I see something different. So he wanted to buy the car but through me, you know. I used to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the sujood, if this business is wrong, ya Allah, do not let it happen. And subhanAllah, when I see the way they deal with the thing, the only difference they have is that there is a kind of money that you will not give we call it the down payment you will not give the owner of the car you will go and give it to the bank but the rest of the things are all the same the rest of the things are all the same i was questioning myself and that person also who was uh trying to convince me what is he talking about you know? so first of all knowledge is not there and also the application is the same thing but in different names so i do believe with no, you know, uh, too much details, what we need to fix this uh, system of ours and to make a move. It's a very good initiative, a very good initiative, you know, to have Islamic banks, and it is a must actually to have it. We must have Islamic banks. It is a must. You know, if we don't do it, three entities will be getting sin. The authorities, the rich people, and the scholars. We must have it. But the question is, which one Allah SWT wants? Allah wants the one that is in accordance to what he wants. Do we have the details? Yes, he has given us the detail from the one. So what do we need to fix the system we are in now? The first thing I said is the suggestion I gave that we, the universities must look into the way we are educating people in the classrooms. We have to build a community which could be uh, reliable. A person who believes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and favors the akhirah first before the dunya. We really need to make sure that people are getting this from the universities before they graduate. And we give them the necessary knowledge. So with this kind of sincerity and the amana, and also we teach them how to be very committed in terms of doing things which will develop the community financially, you know, uh, uh, technologically, you know, we, we, do, we do all of these things. By the time they graduated, you know, they will be, I mean, promoting the system and taking it to uh, the highest position, be it in light Allah. So this education system should be, should be changed in the university. And second thing is, the founders must be people who are not brainwashed by the convention system. Yeah, Tawbah is okay, but we have tried a lot and we have seen what we are seeing nowadays. That's the reason why I made the conclusion that we need fresh graduate people who are not involved in the system but they have the knowledge, you know, to come and 
and, and, and be part of the system, to be the establishers of the system. And lastly, the Sharia advisory committees. The companies, if we are serious, we must take somebody who is not looking at us with the glasses of the dunya. I remember a person who I know personally, he got not less than 24 offers from the banks. He has been rejected. The last bank, which I will not mention, also the bank, you know, who, which came to him and asking him to be part of them, and he rejected. They want him to be, uh, to be uh, somebody was telling him, what's wrong with you, Akal? You know, money is coming to you, but you're rejecting almost every offer. He told them, I agree to work with you, but I don't want to take any money. They say, we don't want. Why is that? Because if I pay you money, I can control you. But if you're working for free, you'll be able to say whatever you believe to be the correct, correct approach. So these three things, if we fix them without going into the much detail, I do believe we'll be able to fix uh, the system, which I believe is in one place or is going down day after, after day. The system, the teaching methodology has to be fixed and corrected in the classrooms. We have to graduate people who are qualified and people who are trusted, who could be reliable, and people who are omana, could be trusted, you know, and somebody who thinks about Allah SWT first before the dunya. We shouldn't build them upon how to get more money in the future and how to secure good job in the, in the future. And secondly, we have to motivate uh, people, you know, who are righteous to be the founders of the system who are not brainwashed by the conventional system. And thirdly, once the system is established, it has to be backed up by strong Allah's fearing people, you know, people who fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whenever they give fatwa, they think about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first before anything else. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a good. I just intended that this lecture is not going to exceed 40 minutes. And I guess uh, now it's exactly 45 minutes. So I will stop here, hoping that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant us a time before we die to see the real application of the Islamic banking system uh, been uh, flourishing in every uh, Muslim uh, uh, community, which will be adopted by the world, insha'Allah. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika ashhadu ilaha illa ant astaghfirullahi wa ilaik. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
Yes, that's uh, that's uh, correct. Uh, if you remember when I when I mentioned that principle, uh, which is uh, accepted by the vast majority of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, that al asl fil ashay al ibaha, wal asl fil fil buyu al ibaha, I said, you know, this is the general principle. So if I introduce a business, the general principle says it is halal for me to do that. But I have to weigh it with the Sharia of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. There are guidelines Allah subhanahu wa taala gave me. If I go against these guidelines, although the origin of this business is permissibility, you know, that business will become haram. I introduce the business which is harmful to the community. That business will be haram for me to do that because I'm harming others and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't want me to harm anyone. There is another principle which says la darar wa la dirar. The, the scholars extracted the legal maxim from this which says ad-darar yuzal. Harm should be eliminated. So whatever I'm doing, I must make sure that this is not harming the community. You know, my business is to burn things, you know, and get the, the ashes, you know, uh, and get the coal, you know, the, 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 the coal. That's my business. But I come and do it in the middle of the city. The smoke is harming everyone. I cannot come and tell them, They will tell me, yes, and the Prophet also say, I should go to the village and do it there where there is no, nobody is living there. My business is something that will... Uh, contaminate the water which the city is benefiting from. It is haram for me to do business in that in that place. Although the business is halal to do it, but it is harming others. I can't do it in that place. You know. So Islam is a comprehensive religion which we have to apply it completely. Then we can uh, come up with the uh, with the correct opinion. I'm uh, 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 saying this. I remember the statement of Ali bin al Madini when he says, "Al babu ida lam tajma' turquhu lam lat any topic that you want to address, if you don't combine all the statements that have been said about that thing, you will never be able to detect the errors and the mistake in it. And it will not come up with a concrete op- opinion. So I will repeat again. Yes, al-asul fil buyu al-ibaha. The general principle is that everything that a person is coming up with it in this life is halal, but what he's supposed to do is to wait first. Before he does it, he has to wait with the Sharia first to see whether it is, uh, uh, I mean, compliant with the Sharia or is not Sharia compliant. If it is not Sharia compliant, then he has to stay away from it uh, because of those those elements. This general principle have to be avoided. You know, there are many examples that I can give concerning uh, this matter, but I I believe this one is more than enough, inshallah. Thank you, uh, Dr. for your clarification. Shakur Suleiman, uh, thank you very much for your question. He said, I agree with you, doctor, uh, completely. Yeah. Thank you. And I'm really very sorry for using Islam as microscope. So are you saying Islamic banking and finance is just financial inclusion? Wallahi, and this is my perception, you know, I, might, I could be wrong, you know. I deal with banks and I have read about what is going on, you know. I, I made a conclusion one day based on what I have seen. I told somebody who told me it's okay because I have seen him promoting the banks, the Islamic banking system, and he really doesn't agree with somebody to open any, any account in the conventional system. The first question I ask him, what makes you believe that these things are really Islamic, which makes even the Islamic windows, the conventional system are opening, you call them all haram. He said, because those ones are a full-fledged Islamic uh, uh, system. You know, subhanAllah. 
I asked him, are you sure about this? He said, no, you know. But how do you write an article and you defend something that you're not sure about it? I told some of them, please tell me one transaction which you believe 100% is based on the Islamic tenant which these banks are doing. I couldn't find. Yeah, by name, yes, because we have Murabaha, we have Madaraba, we have everything. But if you go deep down inside and you see the uh, technical issue and the practicality of the issue, then you will see this is just like the conventional system but with different names. So if I am to make a choice, if I am to make a choice, if this one tells me I'm not doing riba, but then at the end of the day took me back to the riba, and that one tell me from the beginning I'm doing riba, which one is worse Islamically? The one who said I'm, don't do, I'm not doing riba, but at the end of the day end of doing the riba, you know, or the one who said I'm doing riba from the beginning. I will see the first one combining two things. The, the first one is deception and cheating, and the second one is, is the riba itself. And the second, second bank is just dealing with the riba itself, and he did not cheat. He told me from the beginning that I'm doing the riba. So, if somebody asks me about the application, I will tell him my personal experience and the experience of whatever I have read concerning the applications nowadays. That we're just dealing with the same thing. You know, subhanAllah, believe it or not, somebody went to the bank, one of my students one day, he went to an Islamic bank, and... Uh, he was while the, he's opening uh, an account in the Islamic window. So he asked the person who is in the counter and dealing with him. He said, my dear brother, you know, I just want to ask you this question and I wish you will be honest with me. Uh, my question is, please, this thing that you're doing, are you, I mean, is it really, really Islamic? Wallahi, he told me the man, the man smile and laugh. He says, my dear brother, these are all names being changed, but the same thing. The account is the same, the same process, you know, they're all is just in paper, you know. On paper, the, the, the written thing is different from what you see in, 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 in reality. That's why most instances, they don't like people to question, you know. Witness the people who go and question and they stop them from questioning, you know. So this is my personal experience I'm sharing. And also as your brother, just to warn you to monitor what you're doing. If you ask me, uh, can I go and save my money in the bank, I will say to you, yes. Because this is necessity. I cannot keep my money at home. I have to go to the bank. But restrict yourself to that which brought you to the place. I went to the bank to save my money. Restrict yourself to that, that, that saving. The scholar said, الضرورات الضرورات. When you are in a state of darura, you can go uh, against something that is impermissible Islamically. We are not supposed to deal with any bank that deals with interest. Whether it call, they call it riba or they don't call it riba. We are not supposed to deal with that. But the scholar said it's okay because we cannot keep money at home nowadays. So we understand that. So we go and have accounts with the banks. But at the same time, the scholar said, Darura, you know, necessity is supposed to be measured according to the need. The reason why I go to the bank is to save my money. I restrict myself to that. Any other transaction which is doubtful, I should stay away from it. Because the question is heavy on the Day of Judgment. Allah SWT is going to ask you about two things. You cannot say this is what they do. No, but, but I am supporting them at the same time. You know? And one of the reasons why the system continue in this way, I believe, which is one of the issues that I, I wish I talk about that, is the submission of the community. Every, almost everyone I ask will tell me that, yes, they don't believe, they don't believe, they have doubt, they don't believe. Even a common person in the street who doesn't have any knowledge will tell you, I have doubt in what is going on. But at the same time, we all submitted to it. You know, if I'm doing something wrong and everyone accepts it, I will continue. But if the community is going to resist, I will learn my lesson. I will try to fix and do it in the way the community needs, the community wants, you know. 
So may Allah SWT grant us uh, good and tawfiq. I really want us to open uh, our eyes whenever we deal with any financial institution, whether it is a bank or company or whatever, you must make sure that the details are given to you. And don't be lazy. Usually we are lazy. We don't read the conditions. We don't read the terms. You know, it's like when you're installing something, you read the condition, we just say, oh, agree, agree, agree. You, know? <laughs> you shouldn't do that. You know, this money is very sensitive. Allah is going to ask you about how you get your money and how you spend it. And this is the question that nobody can escape it. You must explain to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now we still have the chance. Nobody forced me to go and deal with a, a system. I have my choice. So study first. Scrutinize it. Make sure that yes, whatever you're doing is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then, and then go to it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us Thank you, Ustaz. Thank you very much. Uh, another question from Brother Bayhati. Nowadays, because of bad economy, it influenced to choose any systems as long as they get big profit. So how we can educate the society that Islamic finance more better compared to conventional system, not just for material but for spiritual too? Uh, the problem is, uh, you know, subhanAllah, this one, I will tell you, I don't know. And honestly speaking, I don't know. Because the scholars lost their respect. This is their job to penetrate the community, to teach them how to put Allah first and foremost before the dunya. But we lost respect. We get involved in the dunya, you know, each and every one of us is chasing the dunya and the community know that, you know. The community know that. So, like one of the scholars said, If we respect the knowledge, you know, and we respect ourselves, you will get the respect from the community, you know. So the first thing to be done, if we want to fix this, the scholars, they have to return. I mean, they have to uh, retrieve back that prestigious uh, status they used to occupy it before. And then they pen penetrate the society and the community. We need to teach the community how to understand the concept of Qadr and the Qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nowadays, any business that you open, as long as it is... A, very profitable business and it is easy to be attained you are sitting at home the profit is coming almost everyone is rushing to it regardless of the nature of the cryptocurrency whether you agree with it to be halal or you agree with it to be haram but look at the nature of the ummah almost every single day you receive questions about this everyone is rushing multi-level uh, 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 what do you call level uh, marketing or level marketing you know when it comes almost everyone is going for that you know regardless of what the scholars are saying about it but almost everyone is fighting for that so we need strong training you know penetration by the scholars to penetrate the the community to teach them the concept of the qada and the qadr and what risk is all about in islam what is the source of risk and what does it mean you know how does the risk come and how am i supposed to be getting the risk and what what should come first you know as long as we don't fix this i don't think that question could be answered at all so the scholars need to fix their attitude and their manners, you know, stop chasing the dunya, you know, come back and gain back the respect so that when they talk to a person, the person will, will listen. Because I do believe that it is still good in the Ummah of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They're still good in the Ummah of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Most of the people in the Ummah of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they're looking for a solution. But unfortunately, they don't know where to get it. They don't know where to get it. They're trapped at the hand of those people who don't fear Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, but they wear the clothes of scholarship. So how to fix this attitude? The scholars should gain back the respect, you know, focus on the knowledge, focus on the akhirah. It doesn't mean they shouldn't go for business. No, they should go. 
But I mean, they shouldn't chase the dunya in the way they're doing nowadays. And they should be with the community and also penetrate them, as I said, educate them on the concept of qada and the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that risk is going to come. No matter wherever you go, risk is going to come. You know, I conclude this question with a very simple story. Very simple story. You know, they mentioned that Ali bin Abi Talib, you know, I found this to be a very interesting and a very strong message to us, you know. Ali bin Abi Talib uh, went to the masjid and he wanted to take something from the masjid. So he saw a man next to the door. So he told the man, uh, please uh, uh, hold my camel, you know, and keep it. I just want to go to the masjid and then come back to you. So he entered the masjid. When he came back, he found that the man ran away with the, with the, with the lijam. You know, the, the rope he used to put on the neck of the, the camel. So that man stole it and ran away with it. And he, t- kept, uh, he left the camel in front of the door. Alhamdulillah, the camel did not run away. Ali bin Abi Talib, when he came out, he came with two dirham to give the man the two dirham. As a reward, they did not make any agreement. You know, he was asking him to keep uh, the, the camel for him for the sake of Allah. But he decided to reward him. So he came with two dirham. When he found the man running away, and he ran away with the, with the, with the, with the thing, you know, Ali bin Abi Talib took the two dirham, and he gave it to a boy. He said, please go to the market and buy me another one. The boy went to the market, and he bought a new one. When Ali saw it, he found that, no, it's not a new one. This is my, my, my thing, which was stolen. You know. He told the boy, please go to the market and ask the, the one whom you got the thing from him, how much, how much he bought it from the one who sold it to him. He said, I, I bought it from him two dirham. So Ali bin Abi Talib said, Subhanallah, look at this man. He doesn't want to take two dirham that are halal. He went and take them from the haram way. You know? <laughs> this is risk. Allah, this is risk. The halal is written. No matter, I mean, wherever, uh, uh, how much you go far, risk is going to follow you. you know? uh, somebody said they found a person living in the farthest place in the market and a very hidden place. You know? His friend told him, my dear brother, uh, in this place, nobody will come and buy from you anything. He said, why? He said, because who knows about your existence? Subhanallah, the man looked at him. He said, okay, I look for the, the shop, which is open, you know, uh, in an open area, but I couldn't find. This is the extent of my ability. And he told him, my dear brother, do you know death? He said, yes. He said, if I'm hanging around in this place, is death going to reach me? He said, yes. He said, فَكَذَلِكَ رِزْقِي He said, my risk also is coming here. That's the extent of my effort and my ability. I only found this place. And my risk is going to come here. So this is what we need to train our people to believe in this, that the source of risk is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he always wants you to, take, to get it from the halal way. But whose job is this? Let's call us. And we know the status of most of our scholars nowadays. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fix our attitude. Uh, 
فما هي ما هي المشكلة فيه؟ يعني هو يشتري؟ اه اوكي الان هو يشتريه آه. اه هو يشتريه ب 14 ويبيعه ب 45 اه اوكي ذس ذس والله إذا المشكلة كنت أستخدم الجوال دعني أشوف إذا ممكن يعني هو سأل هل يمكن هو يشتري ب 45 ان ويبيع ب 45 ويبيعه ب 14 آه نعم هذا هذا تابع لنظام الـ 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 الذي تتبعه الدوله اذا اذا السوق يتضرر اذا السوق يتضرر فانه لا يجوز له ان يبيعه بهذا بهذا الشكل يجب عليه ان يرفع السعر الى 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 درجه الى حد الى الحد الذي لا يتضرر فيه بقيه البائعين في السوق فهو يجوز له ان يرفع السعر كما يشاء اذا لم يترتب عليه ضرر للسوق فلذلك يقول العلماء انا لما اشتري شيء او اصنع شيئا فيجوز لي ان ان ابيعه باي شيء اريد باي شيء لا يوجد تحديد بالنسبه للاسعار فلما جاءوا الى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وهم ارادوا منه ان يسعر في المدينه قالوا له يا رسول الله غلى السعر في المدينه فسعر لنا يا رسول الله غلى السعر في المدينه the price of commodity went up they said يا رسول الله please uh, uh, control the price for us the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said ان الله هو المسعر القابض الرافع he says Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who controls the price and i don't want to go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with injustice so if i am the one who uh, produce something انا الذي صنعت شيئا فيجوز لي ان ابيعه باي سعر اريد ولكن اذا انا احمل هذا الشيء الى السوق وهذا الشيء موجود في في السوق اذا ترتب على بيعي اياه يعني لشيء هذا ضرر للسوق فيجب على الحكومه ان تمنعني اذا لم تكن هناك حكومه تمنع فانا يجب ان يعني انصح نفسي وامتنع من اضرار احد أن شريعة الله سبحانه وتعالى تنتبق عليه سواء ألزمت أن الحكومة بمتابعة الشريعة أو لا الشريعة منطبقة عليه. When you buy something or you made something, it is up to you to sell it at any cost, at any price you want, as long as you're not harming the market. When you harm the market, then it is mandatory upon the government to force you to raise it up. You know, I can buy something from Malaysia and come to Kuwait. You know, if in Kuwait, let's say I bought, I bought it here from Malaysia, one ringgit. But in Kuwait, it is sold 1,000 ringgit, for instance. You know, if I sell it, if I sell it uh, uh, five, five ringgit in, uh, in, uh, in, in, in Kuwait, the market will get harmed. So the government in Kuwait has to force me to raise it up. Although I'm gaining more profit, but I have to go up in the way I would not harm the rest of the market. Wallahu alam. أقل من الشركات الرسمية. نعم. هكذا يعني يحدث 
من من هذا الشخص بسعر اقل من السعر الرسمي يعني هل هذا يجوز او لا؟ هذا هو الذي هو قصد لا اذا كان اذا كان الرجل يشتريه بطريقه بطريقه يعني رسميه وطريقه مباحه وحلال هو يشتريه فله الحق ان يبيعه باي سعر يعني يريد هو الذي انا اردت ايصاله الى السائل هو انه لا يجوز لي ان اضر بالمجتمع this is what we call public interest Uh, when you have the public interest, the general interest, you know, المصلحة العامة تقدم على المصلحة الخاصة. أنا لما أبيعه بأقل يتضرر السوق وأنا لا أستطيع أن أوفر لي المجتمع حاجاته. لو 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 السوق يعني آه يعني البائعون كلهم أصبحوا يضربون الإضراب you know they, they, they protest they don't want to bring it to the community anymore because of my attitude the community is going to get harmed. وعلى هذا انا لا يجوز لي ان افعل ان افعل هذا، لكن لو انا اشتري من موقع رسمي بطريقه رسميه بطريقه حلال ومباحه واتي واشتري وابيعه للشيخ محدين باقل من السعر او او اعطيه هبه ما في مشكله في هذا. انا ابيعه لمجموعه من الناس قلائل ما يتضرر احد في هذا، هذا ما في مشكله، انا اتكلم عن الذين يبيعون بالكميات بحيث هؤلاء الناس الذين اشتروا باسعار يعني كثيرة يتضرروا مثلا هو اشترى بخمسين رنجد وانا اشتريته برنجد واحد وهو اشترى خمسين الف حبة وانا اشتريته خمسين الف حبة if I bring خمسين الف حبة to the market to sell them and I'm selling them how much five ringgit or ten ringgit everyone will buy from me and he will lose so the government will tell me no once I want to sell it in the market or in this community, then I have to take it up to the reasonable price. He is selling it 45, I can sell it 40 ringgit. Yes, still there is difference because this is market. Wherever you go, it's hardly to find things which are equal in terms of, pri- in terms of prices. This one is selling 10 ringgit, this one is selling uh, uh, 9 ringgit, this one 8 ringgit. فلا يجوز لي ان افعله وان كان في في اصله مباح.
Okay, I have nothing to say except uh, to emphasize on that which I have said uh, earlier. Have a talk on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when it comes to the risk. An absolute talk on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and always remember that your risk will never miss you. You Allah. Aqsimu billah. I swear to all of you by Allah that whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prescribed for you will never miss you. Try your best. Don't you ever tolerate shubha. You know, I use this word not just the haram but even shubha. Don't tolerate shubha in your life. Whatever has shubha in it, avoid it and look for something that you believe to be halal purely. Your risk is preserved. Wherever you go, it will come and reach you. If you believe in this and you apply it in your life, be even Allah Ta'ala, you will succeed in this life. Allah will make you happy in this life and happy in the hereafter, inshallah. So, barakallahu feekum, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, love you all. I love you all for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.